0: reach the truth.com with your host DJ Ron
1: We are back, KCWG, the Truth.com's program's called Psychiatry Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and it's been a little while since we had this good brother on the show. This good brother has been a very dear friend to the show. He is a cardiologist out of Washington, D.C., and uh, he's been tracking this coronavirus and has a perspective that that few others have. Uh, I want to catch up with him because we've had some major, major, major developments with this virus as it relates to our politics. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother, Dr. Reggie Robinson. Dr. Robinson, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, welcome back, man. So, it has been a minute. uh, Before I get to the particulars of this uh, fight that you've been waging ever since the onset of this, you've been here before, like I said, but Uh, By the time this airs, it's going to be Monday evening. But over the weekend, heading into this particular weekend, first weekend of October, good brother, they talk about an October surprise. Yeah. So you are on the East Coast and you look up in the sky. Is it a bird? It's a plane. Uh, What in the world happened heading into this weekend uh, with regard to the president of the United States, good brother? What did you see? Well, I live right up the street from the White House. Uh, my street dead ends at the White House.
2: And, you know, as they were waiting for Marine One to fly off, I, we were just sitting and looking at TV. And then you hear this big roar because they're huge helicopters. Mm-hmm. And it's usually uh, accompanied by an escort. And you could, we went outside and Dana followed. Like, what are you going outside for? And uh, mm-hmm. I look up and you could see the, the two big birds flying over, going out to Walter Reed from the White House. That's but, but like a powerful... Wow. A powerful uh, scene. You see them just floating over the the treetops and you Mm -hmm. know where they're going, which is not far from here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Actually, Walter Reed is uh, right across from NIH, which is interesting that, you know, you have the National Institutes of Health Mm -hmm. that's trying to put out a lot of these guidelines with the CDC directly across from Walter Reed um, Medical Center.
1: Absolutely. And that was a change in itself, right? Wasn't all that information initially funneling to the CDC and not NIH, or is this how it always has gone? Well, CDC
2: is sort of overlooking at uh, the epidemiology of things. So um,
1: they're supposed to all
2: coordinate, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there was some speculation about the fact that he was airlifted like that. Uh, What can you tell us about how, what does that say about the severity of of what he's possibly facing now that he's been diagnosed with uh, coronavirus. Well,
2: locally, you can't really say. I mean, um, he, they, you know, he has the risk factors: being overweight, um, his age, um, he's on cholesterol medications, and had a low-grade fever. So we know that coronavirus can turn you know, bad really quickly in those populations. Mm-hmm. So I think they're erring on the side of caution and mm-hmm. taking him to uh, Walter Reed, whereas. Um, uh, physicians
1: are yeah and he has physicians right there in the white house so th- do you know anything about this uh because of course he's been touting hydroxychloroquine and all the conspiracies out there are saying that this is just a ploy for him to say he was cured magically by hydroxychloroquine however that's not what they uh treated him with uh, how much do you know about the uh the treatment drug that they're uh, sort of treating him with it was. I don't think it was rendem rendemsafer. No, it wasn't. Question? It was. It was an actual antibody cocktail
2: that um, mm-hmm. hasn't been released for uh, use and clinical trials. So, I think you know they they can get things for compassionate use. So certainly, he's the president of the United States. He would be the first one. Um, mm-hmm. And you hope that everything is safe with the antibodies. Um, certainly, the antibodies are there to try to heighten your own immune response. Sort of with the with um, vaccines try to do to make your body do naturally. When you get a vaccine, your body produces antibodies to a killed virus, right? So it's not the actual live virus, so you won't necessarily get, quote, the flu, but your body probably will respond and some people may feel sick because the body is mounting a, a, an immune response by creating it creating antibodies to that specific um, virus genome and, and proteins. So this is going on the back end and actually creating antibodies to
1: try to heighten the immune response. Hmm. Okay, well, I guess time will tell, right? Because again, by the time this airs, we'll hopefully know more about his condition. Uh, Right now, the country is uh, sort of on edge. Uh, And it's unfortunate that this has become so politicized, Dr. Robinson, because you've told us long ago, this affects everybody. This isn't just a, a blue state, black people, minority, this in fact impacts everybody. Although initially, it was looking like it was having a, a majorly deleterious effect on black folks, and it still is. Uh, what can you tell us about what the fight looks like uh, in your region, in your hospital, uh, the, the state of coronavirus in your area, Dr. Robinson? How's it going?
2: Well, our mayor is uh, not taking, you know, she's not joking with it. Okay, that will so, be
1: Ariel Bowser, right? Right, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, She's sir. not joking with it. And you hear people coming from the outside saying, hey, we can't do certain things in your city like that, or we can't just come mm. and go. And mm-hmm. the surrounding areas, like uh, Maryland and Virginia, in particular, Northern Virginia, you know, the outside of Northern Virginia, things can be a little crazy sometimes. Mm. But they've coordinated, and they've tried to coordinate care with the surrounding Maryland. They call it the DMV, D- DC, Maryland, Virginia, because many of the people that, work in D.C., live in far-reaching Maryland, as far as an hour away, um, in Virginia, West Virginia. So they have to really coordinate, because if you don't have a coordinated response, there's no way you can traffic or um, or case, you know, try to track case. Uh, contact tracing is almost incredibly hard to do, mm. um, as we've been hearing about all the people that were in the Rose Garden and how many people have become affected and yeah. how those people splinter out back to their own communities. That's so uh, DC, our caseload is low now and the death rate is low mm. as well as surrounding Maryland and Virginia. So that's a good thing. And right. um, the mayor has really been pumping the brakes on a lot of things. Um, I, and I think that's a good thing. She has a really good uh, head of the Department of
1: Health, a Dr. Nesbitt who's also really no joke uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to this. Wow. Well, thank God for local leadership, good brother. And again, um, at the risk of politicizing this virus, which has no preference, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's, it's wreaked havoc across the planet. And it just goes to show what leadership can do. I mean, just imagine if we had such a coordinated response at the top of the, uh, the Fed and all of these supplies that you all were lacking so drastically at the beginning of this have been doled out early on in the fight. Um, I was talking to you briefly before we started about a coalition of black doctors that have come together to sort of wage a war of messaging to combat the mis-messaging and misinformation that has been rolled out by this current White House. Uh, Can you tell us Where do you stand as far as the messaging on a coronavirus? Do you think it's finally sunken in, especially with the onset of the president and the first lady uh, coming down with this? Um, The messaging of coronavirus, uh, what are your thoughts on that right now?
2: You know, locally and personally, I see my patients who actually come into the office or are thankful that they can get a televisit because they're scared, Mm -hmm. that is sinking in, um, at at least here in the area. I think all politics are regional just like the people are regional. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can't, uh, you know, I have to pick my words carefully when I say something. (laughs) Um, I
1: understand. I do that all the time. People are
2: people people and Mm -hmm. you can show them the number five, but if they have it in their mind that it's number three, it's gonna be a number three, regardless of what you show them. Come on. So it's just our job as a physician Uh, as physicians and responsible people to put the truth out there and the Mm -hmm. truth is ever changing right Mm -hmm. so we've seen from the beginning six feet this mask don't wear the mask now wear the mask um now it's aerosolized oh we knew about it in january and february Mm -hmm. We want to downplay it so we we can't really politicize this because it's a real thing absolutely even as a physician and people in the science community if we're getting wrong information we're going to send out wrong information.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we don't, late, we don't know where that wrong information is coming from and until it's too late sometimes, until the cat's right. out of the bag, until 200,000 people have died. Mm-hmm. So what we're fed, you know, we can do our own research, but if the research is coming from a tainted system or a source, then we're giving out tainted information. So I think people are and the information are slowly catching up together. And right. I hope people really listen to it and realize that it is there. It could happen. It it, it shouldn't have been this bad,
3: just mm-hmm. with
1: some um, public health issues and public health change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I hope you're right. I pray that you're right. Um, I can't remember another time when uh, the president of the United States was hospitalized and have it so publicized. Uh, I think Ronald Reagan is, of course, the most recent example that jumps immediately to mine. but when you think about how if people would just stay in their lane and let doctors do what they do, because science, as you just sort of alluded to, it's always evolving, right? I mean, so it's not uncommon for initial projections to be adjusted over time based upon the response of the the intervention. I mean, even in your treatment, when you treat patients, don't you have to sometimes monitor their progress and make adjustments along the way? Absolutely. And you know, like disease, all disease is asymptomatic before it becomes an actual,
2: it manifests itself. Cancer, mm-hmm. you don't know you have cancer until it's metastatic or causes a symptom. Mm. Um, a heart attack, you don't know that you have blocked arteries until that plaque ruptures. A mm-hmm. stroke, you don't know that you're going to have a stroke until a, a clot forms in, and blocks up an artery. So mm-hmm. viruses don't manifest themselves until they you know, reach a certain level or a burden. Right. Uh, and then you start feeling the cough, the loss of taste or smell, the headaches now that we know that can be a symptom, the gastrointestinal symptoms, the mm-hmm. nausea, vomiting, the diarrhea, mm-hmm. that can now become a part of it. And we're getting into the flu season, so all of those things overlap. So, oh you know, yeah. you're gonna be looking at people sneezing and coughing now and like, what, what, hey, hey, step back,
4: exactly.
2: right? So
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: you know, the same precautions, what happened with HIV? You know, mm-hmm. we were frightened and scared until we learned more about it. And then everyone, you have, it. It brought on the 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 idea of universal precautions. You treat everyone as if they may have had HIV. When you when you're sticking needles in something, or if you're cutting, or if you're exposed to bodily fluids or blood, mm-hmm. you make a universal precaution. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things take a time to, to to set in. You now we have seatbelts. You don't see people marching down the street about seatbelt laws and their First Amendment rights. Come on, right? Because you have to wear your seatbelt, or you get a ticket. That's right. Um, in China and Asia, wearing a mask is not a stigma. In America, we make things a stigma while we, we're, we're trumping on someone's First Amendment rights, but whatever your First Amendment right can affect someone else
1: who's trying to live by the laws and the rules. Absolutely. It makes a difference. And like we said, this it, it knows no uh, political party. It does not discriminate. And that's, that's what's been so infuriating about this whole thing, Dr. Robinson. I mean, we... <laughs> Ebony Hilton, Doctor Ebony Hilton, um, you may know her name, but uh, she just laid out a beautiful illustration that I saw just yesterday, in fact, and she just said, think of a pregnancy test, right? <laughs> you can take a test on a Monday morning and you're not pregnant. And so you can say, Okay, boom, I dodged a bullet. But if you continue to not protect yourself and you engage in unprotected behavior, and you you could get pregnant that night the same day of the test, And so she said, think about coronavirus tests in that same way, because I know that they have certain tests that are, what? what what's the quick turnaround test again? You can get a quick result. It's a quick antigen, which
2: has a 30% false negative rate.
1: Yes. And so, so that,
2: about 30% of the people, like that's they're doing at the White House. Everyone gets tested every day going in and out of the White House.
1: Right. So it can initially look one way. And then if you continue with that, same pattern of behavior or lifestyle uh you could i mean and given that you're brazenly in stark disregard to the, the the warnings you could still be exposed despite the fact that you have test taken that particular test you're talking about earlier in a day you could become negative that same day uh, isn't that possible absolutely possible we
2: we see that in the hospital system someone may come in a negative test, a negative test, a positive test. Whether they're getting it from when they're in the hospital, it's possible always, but you know we have to look at standardizations of testing, mm-hmm. and same thing with standardization of te- of treatment. You can't just rush your treatment out because you think it's right. That's right. Uh, if you trash in means trash out, whether it's a test, a study, a treatment. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have adequate data, adequate. um you know, false positive, false negative, you want to look at a test that has a low false negative rate. So Mm. that if you're going to test someone, if it's negative, you can be assured that that person is truly negative. Absolutely. Um, There's no 100% test out there, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, and, and it also depends on the burden. Like if you just, like you said, if you just got infected, you may not have amounted enough response or had enough viral load to become positive and you check it again in the next week which we've heard so many cases and then you get a positive result mm. um, even in the asymptomatic person. So,
1: yeah, that's crazy. This is KCWG the program called psychotic bump school. I'm DJ Rome. We're speaking to the good brother, Dr. Reggie Robinson, cardiologist out of Washington, DC. Uh, there's a couple more things I wanted to ask you before we let you go. Good brother. Really appreciate you being here. So there's been a discussion about um, the long haulers, I haven't heard about them for a while. And the long haulers or the long termers are the people that have recovered from coronavirus, but yet and still they're, they continue to have lingering effects from it, whether it's heart palpitations, uh, ongoing headaches, and even after sort of quarantining and being quote unquote out of the woods, they're still experiencing to this day long term symptoms. Uh, what can you tell us about some of those long haulers that you've heard about or personally experienced?
2: So that, that's the scary and tricky part, and, and for a number of reasons. Think about athletes, and they're rushing to start sports again, and you know it's a big business, football and basketball and things like that, that you may be infect, affected now and may have some mild viral syndrome uh, early on, but you might have myocarditis or inflammation of the heart and can, can cause congestive heart failure or arrhythmia, which could be uh, a cause for sudden death you could have inflammatory, it's an inflammatory process, meaning that you get inflammation of the vessel walls, blood vessels throughout the body, other organ systems, the brain, the heart, the kidneys, the lungs in particular, because of certain uh, receptors that they enter the the body through. Um, Those long-term effects are real. and, And we can't say like you had the flu and then you forget about it. You always have to have some surveillances. So now there are programs that are popping up of like COVID clinics hmm. that follow in particular athletes, their sports uh, sports clinics that are popping up that are specializing in post COVID care where, you know, they're developing them as they, as we go along and trying to figure out what the best tests are to follow. Do you check heart enzymes? Do you check inflammatory markers? Do you check EKGs? Do you check ultrasounds of the heart and in what interval? So as we speak, there are intervals and discussions about, making these post-COVID clinics.
1: Mm, How about that? Well, uh, the battle wages on. And um, one last thing I wanted to ask you, I've been hearing um, particularly Black doctors talking about this, Dr. Robinson. I wonder, wanna get you marinating on this. The idea of uh, taking, uh, well, two things actually. Um, Flu shots. Um, You just mentioned flu season is fast approaching. The seasons are certainly changing on the East Coast where you are. And so, any new thoughts in the wake of uh, now what we know about coronavirus and its progression? What are your thoughts on uh, people, black people in particular, uh, considering or reconsidering uh, acquiring a new round of flu shots heading into this very virulent uh, flu season?
2: Well, I mean, we—the flu has always been here, and it can kill. It's been killing thirty to sixty thousand people a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just never side. I mean, no, no one really talked about it because it was something that happened every year, 30 mm-hmm. to 60,000 people died from the flu. Um, and certainly in our communities, we're always suspicious about medicine and from all the different trials and things that we've had in our history, including the, you know, the famous Tuskegee experiment. So we're sort go. of cautious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's, if you have certainly a lot of these risk factors, it would be warranted that you do that, um, get the flu shot. I get it every year um, because okay. I really have to because I work in a healthcare setting. Okay. Um, I have to do certain things that I don't, I can't just think about myself, but I have to think about my patients, my staff, my colleagues, mm. um, and even now with Corona, I can't just be haphazardly going to parties and and doing certain things on my own personal time because I now, can put my patients and my employees and staff at risk. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from that perspective, I think if you have the risk factors and you overlap these two things, you know, that, that's, that could be uh, deadly when you get both of them.
1: Absolutely. Cause if they're I... certainly
2: separate viruses, you know?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Cause uh, <laughs> when I, when I'm doing my uh, Twitter escapades and people bring that fact up, and they say, "Oh, you guys are giving uh, Trump a hard time. People die from the flu every year. Nobody talked about it. You guys can't put all this on him." But the flu is not the same thing. The common flu yeah. right. is not the same thing as this coronavirus. Can you like clear that up again for us, please? So initially, early on, that we didn't have
2: all the information. So we're like, well, okay, the flu is killing more people than it was, but this has killed two hundred thousand people in six months. Mm we're talking about flu deaths over a year. Right. So it's as contagious as the flu and as deadly as SARS one. So this (laughs) is SARS two COVID, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so when you put those two together, it's a,
1: it's, it's an ultimate biological weapon. Wow. Wow. To put it bluntly. I mean, you just laid out a blunt object right there. This is no joke. the the swiftness as which it's like raced through this country. One last thing, good brother, Uh, they're trying to rush out a vaccine. And of course, again, that has political implications or they're trying to. Um, Any thoughts on the rush for people in our community to go out and be the the experimental lab rats for this vaccine? Your thoughts on the degree of safety Mm -hmm. that it may entail and how can people educate and inform themselves before they consider uh, being a part of a vaccine trial? Um, I
2: would have to say, um, you know, you have to see who else is in the trials. Mm-hmm. And if something is targeting a specific population, you always feel ca- very cautious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are campaigns to try to get a broad arrangement of people um, into these trials, but we all people, really. Mm-hmm. right? So um, when we get studies out, They say well, they didn't have enough black people in the study, so how do we know if it works? Or um, you know, many of the trials we don't have enough, you know, people of color or uh, or women in some of the studies itself. So I'm dancing around that in a way that Mm. I think I'm going to have to wait and see how things turn out. Okay, that's fair. Um, And I would say that anytime there's a rush, you know, even the pharmaceutical companies who can. make billions of dollars sort of pump the brakes on this. Mm -hmm. So that should be telling everyone, don't rush. Uh, They know what they're doing. And they're, you know, you you usually don't see that when they all get together and say, hold on, we're gonna do this thing by the books. We're not gonna try to be bullied to bring this thing out by election day or by Mm -hmm. this time, because that's never happened with virus production.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's very important because what you're saying is that although people assume that the profit motive sort of trumps all, you know, I keep using that that that, that little moniker there, okay. but the profit motive is thought to be the rule-all. I mean, the, the king above all to, to where people will put everything else aside and put all of us at risk, you know, at the expense and in favor of making that dollar. So what you're just saying is that even these companies are not quite that reckless and ruthless is that what i'm hearing you say i'm not saying that i'm just saying they said hold off for a minute hold off.
2: certainly oh, <laughs> they'll be ruthless eventually <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying all that either because <laughs> certainly if they put out a bad product they can f- face the backlash of lawsuits as well got it so either end, and you know i want to i want to i want to say that it's the prior that they have science in heart in their company and okay. their reputation at heart Okay. And not rushing something. That's what I want to say.
1: Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Well, I sure appreciate you uh, correcting the record on that. You mentioned the CDC, NIH. Uh, Before we let you go, any other educational resources you can direct our uh, audience to before we let you go? Well, uh, Johns Hopkins has a tracker that they
2: that that a lot of the everyone sort of uh, uses to track the coronavirus, death rate the number of um, cases, so Johns Hopkins Coronavirus website is a good one to go to. And, and I was just thinking as you, we were talking, um, we had this uh, physician, he, he was sort of like the God at Howard University uh, Medical School, La, Fla- La Salle La and you could ask any of his students that came through, he would have these three sayings, Latin phrases, Primum non nocere, first do no harm, mm-hmm. praise ipsa lacquita, the thing speaks for itself, Hmm. And the last thing would be mea culpa to be able to say my fault. And you can use that in any aspect of life. And it's particularly looking at this, you know, you have to first do no harm when it comes to treating people, informing people, mm-hmm. um, and, and what you do. The numbers speak for themselves. Prima, raise, with the numbers that are increasing, they speak for themselves. So hmm. you can't hide that. Um, and the final is a culpa, be able to say my fault and hmm. turn around and say, okay, it's my fault. Let's go back and see what we need to do to curtail this or to slow this train down. Wow.
1: How about that? And that is the height of leadership and accountability right there. Dr. Reggie Robinson, it's always a privilege to have you here, good brother, Will you come back and uh, join us again on Psychotic Bump School, my man. Sure, sure. Sure appreciate you, man. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bum School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the good brother, Dr. Reggie Robinson, y'all. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this.
0: Whoa, whoa. DJ Boy.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Psychotic Bump School. welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. You're
0: welcome. DJ Rome. Welcome. welcome, welcome. You're listening to Psychotic Bomb School on KCWGTheTruth.com with your host, DJ Rome.
1: Hey, we are back. KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and oh my god. (laughs) The state of this race has just become enormously, enormously uh, linked to the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. The occupant of the White House has contracted the Rona, y'all. The Rona has finally made its way into the White House and it's not for a lack of uh, trying that we all nationwide tried to prevent this, but nevertheless, here this nation rides a significantly compromised occupant of the White House that will fully constitute a, a crisis in leadership to the point where people are rallying around this as a national security threat. Vice President Pence is on standby, and Nancy Pelosi could be the next president. You're not careful. But that's a topic for another topic. (laughs) Uh, Joining me to have this conversation, I have back three amazing panelists who I love having on repeatedly to help me. uh, I always say talk myself off the ledge because politics these days make me really crazy. So these people definitely help me keep my sanity. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Lori Peacock, our good brother, Kevin Boats, and the inimitable comedian, Jeffrey Keller. All three of y'all, how y'all doing?
5: Doing good, Rom. How you doing, brother?
1: Man, I guess we're doing cool in the gang as much as we can, but man, are y'all seeing what's happening today? Thursday, it was announced, I guess, depending on where you were, uh, I guess it was Friday morning if you were on the East Coast, uh, President Trump got coronavirus, he and the First Lady, and subsequent to that time, about 10 or 11 others who attended that Rose Garden Inauguration for their uh, soon-to-be appointed to the Supreme Court nominee, Amy Comey Barrett. I think her name is, or is it Coney Barrett? I can't even call. I don't think it's Comey. I think it's Coney. A C B. They're calling her. So uh, my question to y'all is: What, if anything, does this do to the race? What impact will this have? Let's go first to Lori Peacock, and then I want to hear from Kevin Bolts and Jeffrey feller Lori, what are your thoughts on this?
6: As far as the impacts on the race. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my goodness. I don't really know if it's going to have, I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have. I know it's having a lot of impact on our state right now on our on our nation on the discourse that's that's taking place right now. A lot of conversations Around this um, as far as As far as the race, I mean, he really doesn't have a leg to stand on anymore when it comes to his COVID conversation, right? Like, he can't can't really justify anything that he's done around that because he turned around and and got it. Um, it, And to me, I I keep thinking, you know, of all the places you should be safe uh, Mm. from COVID, it it should be the White House. Like, they should have taken every possible precaution to ensure that nobody associated with the administration would, would get this this dangerous disease. So the Thank fact you. that they did, and the fact that so many of them got, including the president and the first lady, it just goes to show that they're not, that they haven't been doing what they needed to do, that they weren't listening to the experts. And frankly, now our, our country's in jeopardy uh, because we don't have a leader because he's, he's laid up in the hospital sick. So, race. you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it has a positive impact on the election. I'm hoping that, you know, it, it causes more people to want to vote, more people to want to vote for, for Biden and that we can be done with all of this, this lunacy. But, um, but I really, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Hard to tell at this point. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Kellan coming to you in just a second. Kevin Bolts, what are your thoughts?
4: Uh, I think the outcome on the race depends on the outcome of Donald Trump, obviously. But, uh, I mean, he's like. It has to be considered. Uh, if he recovers, I think he's undoubtedly going to win the race, like Boris Johnson did. He recovered from COVID-19. It was a huge swell of patriotic support that followed it. And he had disassembled a bunch of parts of like NHS and whatnot as a result of that support. So I think if Trump makes it, he's hands down going to win. I think if he can't run for whatever reason, that it's it it changes but it also doesn't because pence is close enough to trump that he'll still be associated with him i think he'll still draw all the same things that whiteness draws to him to vote that donald trump does or there'll be replaced with someone like tom cotton who's just as crazy and racist as donald trump he's, oh, he's quieter worse. about it He's <laughs> yeah. worse. he's 10 times worse and that's what i tell people like donald trump's a blubbering idiot driving a car backwards and tom cotton's a streamlined machine and if you're afraid of donald trump you should be terrified of tom cotton who i think will be president after biden if he wins so That's like crazy. it'll it'll i think like i think a lot of liberals think the democrats excuse me i'll try to stop using the word liberals because it's a bad description uh i think a lot of democrats think that it'll change the race a whole bunch when the race, like their problem is still that people don't want to vote for Joe Biden, which doesn't change even if Donald Trump dies. It's it's still just the same problem. Mm. I don't think it's nearly as impactful as most people are going to think of it. Because the problem in this race isn't Donald Trump for Democrats, it's Joe Biden. Because in this country, we don't vote against people, we vote for people. And so the problem is they're not getting enough people to vote for the people they nominate. And that has nothing to do with Donald Trump.
1: Oh, we got to talk about that one. Jeffrey Keller, what are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people are voting against Donald Trump. Um, not a lot of people do like uh, Biden, but they they will vote for him because they don't like Trump. Um, I think because of the virus, I don't think it's going to change much of anything. You also did was really split uh, people up on social media, letting them know who really hates Trump and who really likes him his 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 people are always going to like him and the people that don't like right. him are always not going to like them. so it's, it's it's not really going to do anything trump is going to flip this thing though he's going to say oh no i found a cure for the virus and and i survived and everybody else should take this virus and see i told you i would do it and he's going to talk all the madness he's going to find some way to, to spin it uh positive for him mm-hmm. um but yeah as far as it i don't really think he's going to have Even, I think, what, Johnson, or or when he had it, uh, it gave him a little bump, but that didn't last long. So Mm. uh, we'll see.
1: Well, Jeff and Lori, can y'all talk back and forth? And Kevin, I want you to jump in, too. Lori, you mentioned when you spoke about the the credibility issue that's now glaringly clear on the uh, Trump side when it comes to coronavirus. They were wrong on this. I mean, they were deadly wrong on this. And where people were trying to, uh, make a case for not wearing masks and the whole thing, they've lost that argument. And yet both Jeff and uh, Kevin still feels that the fact that he's now contracted it may have a slight bump, but may, or not any bump at all. Uh, Lori, can you go further with that whole credibility issue? What does that do to the standing uh, from your perspective when it comes to the voters on that issue?
6: Well, yeah, he definitely has no credibility there. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people are like, well, you know, see, he's told you so. Like, why didn't you listen? Why didn't you pay attention? Why didn't you take this seriously? Millions of people have contracted this disease. Hundreds of thousands of people have died from it. And it's continuing. It's obviously not slowing down. It's continuing because look at all of the, the, the prominent people who have Contracted it recently, so it's still an issue. It's still a problem. It hasn't miraculously disappeared or gone away as it was supposed to have done by you know spring or warm weather. Um, it's 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 rampant, but it can be prevented. Look at what I mean. Again, I just think about the NBA and how they've managed to have all of these people around each other and all of these games, all these interactions without any COVID cases. So it can be. And the White House, could you imagine Obama's White House getting, getting COVID? I just can't even imagine it. Like, they would have done everything that they, they would have listened to the experts. They would have done everything they could have done to prevent it. They would have had health screenings and 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 temperature checks and, you know, quarantines. And they would have worn masks and they would have social distanced. I mean, we've done more social distancing to prevent COVID in California than they did at the White House. And that, to me, is just is travesty. So as far as voters and as far as what people are going to do, I think that their decisions, were, their minds were made up nobody's changing their point of view at this point people have have their opinions and it doesn't matter how much you rationalize it doesn't matter how much you call out their hypocrisy it doesn't matter how much you describe the double standard they are still going to believe what they want to believe they are still going to vote for him they're still going to support him and this may gain him a little bit of sympathy but I, i don't think so i think that um I think that people are, are are seeing through the crap. And the fact that people don't even know if it's true or not, right? That we had to question, does it really even have this disease? Is it just a ploy? I mean, that's just pathetic. And 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 it just goes to show how untrustworthy this whole administration has been all of this time. You
1: no, know, Jeffrey Keller, what are your thoughts on what Lori said? Because I've been telling people online, on Twitter, I'm like, I'll be glad when the days of Trumpism are finally over, where this dude and his silly rhetoric is not living rent-free in people's heads that every single thing that happens, they're like, can we trust him? Is it real? Is he just flooring? Is he just playing possum? Is it a rope-a-dope to real Biden in? Was he trying to cough on him by constantly interrupting him? I mean, I wish that Democrats would just play their position and put their case forward. Jeffrey Keller, what are your thoughts on that? And then I want to hear from Kevin Bolts.
5: Yeah, I mean, Trump created his whole thing with the whole fake news when he first started running. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, ever since he created that, you don't, you don't know what to believe anymore. And I think this time it's like bit him in the in, the, in the, bit him this time because people don't know is he the truth? Is he lying? Did he really have it? What's really going on? I think he has it. I think he was in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why yep. he was in the hospital. And that's why he had the doctors up there lying. Um so he was Here we <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, he 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 practiced what he preached. He did you know, he tried to act like Hey, there's no virus. Look at this going. I'm not wearing no mask. My people aren't wearing no mask. And it bit them in the ass. I mean, bit them in the butt. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe, maybe this might be a wake-up call for them. Maybe not. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the, the virus came home to roost.
1: Sure did. Sure did. Uh, Kevin Bolts. this is the Fifth Avenue um, president. He's the guy who said I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't lose any supporters. But it turns out, Kevin Boats, and this is my my pitch to you, Biden is stronger than people give him credit for in the swing states, because Jeffrey Keller always reminds us that it's not about California, New York and the coastal states or the Western states. Uh, It's the swing states that are going to constitute the margin of victory in this election. And the other issue is that the map is flattened out quite a bit, bringing in other states in play that normally Republicans don't have to fight so hard to defend. So I think that actually strengthens Biden's case, uh, Kevin Bolts, Why do you still think that it does not?
4: Uh, all the legislators passing laws right now say you can't use mail-in voter ballots. All the voter restriction happened. I mean, it's just like it's, I read an article the other day, and this is a fantasy when it happened. But if a Republican right. candidate won every red state with 51 percent of the vote and then lost every blue state by 100 percent, you can become the president of the United States with 29% of the popular vote. That's all it takes. And that's why Republicans win, because they don't have to. Al Gore and Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and didn't become president, because it doesn't, like, like it doesn't matter. You have to game the system. And the way the system is gamed is for Republicans. But I do want to address a couple of things that uh, Lori said, if I may. Sure. We all have thoughts about Donald Trump, but they are not the thoughts that Donald Trump supporters have about Donald Trump. So while we are all intelligent people who observe and un- understand at some level or have a viewpoint of politics, I don't believe any of us are voting for Donald Trump. So it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what those people think. And those people believe in Donald Trump because he represents all the, the behind the scenes kind of lower white supremacy racism of America. He's the manifestation of it. So they don't care if he's wrong or if he lied or if you can prove him wrong a million times. They're still gonna vote for him and that that is the problem with the democrats because in 2016 their entire campaign was look donald trump is racist and sexist and doesn't like brown people and republicans were like yeah Woo-hoo! like that was that was that's what happened and then democrats kept going no look he's racist and they kept going Woo-hoo! and then they're like that's why we don't run against people that's what i mean by that you can't just point out the problems with the other person you have to run on something OK, and, well, uh, you know, but real quick, real quick, even when Lori brought up the Obama campaign, the Obama era, they would have taken all those measures, but they still wouldn't have been put in, in, in control of like Medicare for all or a national health care system. And that's why people don't vote for Democrats, because the things that people want, they don't offer and they still aren't offering in Joe Biden. And that's why he'll lose. Wait,
3: what,
6: what, what things? I'm sorry. What things do we want that we're not getting? What are you talking about?
4: medic medicare for all cheaper tuition defunding the police um, invent, environmental acts that are the green new deal or stronger joe biden stands for none of those things we have a guy who wrote the 94 crime bill and a, a so top is, prosecutor does, as our does, candidate
6: does trump does trump support those things does trump support medicare and health, I'm, health, I'm, health care for all
4: but this is the point i'm this is the point i'm talking about you can't tell me why to vote for joe biden without mentioning donald trump because no, no, yes, Joe I, Biden I, I, no, doesn't I can't. actually say. No, I can't. I can't. You just mentioned Donald Trump immediately.
6: Right, I, right, I, because that was what I chose to do. But it, I could have gone the other way and, and listed all the ways that you're incorrect about that initial statement. But my question is, even if, if Biden supposedly doesn't do all of these things, which I, I disagree, does Trump do any of those things? So is Biden Trump stands doing for Medicare for
4: all? I don't no. think
6: that's for Medicare for all, but he definitely was stands for health care. And, and improving the situation. Not of, if he doesn't for stand that.
4: for Medicare for all, he doesn't. That's how the populace feels right now. That's how the working class feels. 68% of people want Medicare for all. Overwhelming. But not the
1: entire electorate. They don't want to blow up the system in order to do it. And it took forever to get right. The but the people charity. want it. Yeah, I know. But see, this is my contention with progressives. Now, I want to get this right this time, Kevin Bose. You do not consider yourself a Democrat, a Republican, or an independent. You are a grassroots. I'm grass. a communist.
4: I don't, I don't believe in liberalism whatsoever. I don't believe in free markets, private property, any of that. Okay. I believe in people and taking care of them.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So to that point, the people that are winning on issues that a lot of, I guess communists or progressives think about, okay, I'm going to talk about progressives for a second because your ideas sound like they're just popular among a very um, visible strain of the constituency. But everything has been the art of the incremental okay cory bush just won not too long ago jamal bowman aoc has been there for a little while and when these candidates get into office we still have yet to see how jamal and corey will do but aoc i mean as far as i know she's still fairly popular among progressives and she votes for the most part with nancy pelosi so
4: right she has she also has no power within the party
1: well, she's very popular amongst the squad, though, with Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley and Ilhan Omar. And so those right, are that's, that's the more four people. In a- oh, yeah. But the fact that they're there, they still face certain realities once they get there. And we can push these candidates forward, but they still have to find a message that grasps people so that they can go out and, you know, motivate the electorate to go vote for them. Cori Bush did that. So I'm saying it's not just we got to just vote for these candidates just because they are representing these issues. What accountability do they have toward fine tuning their message so that it can reach a wider swath of people on the left? That's what the I'm trying to understand. None. Pardon me?
4: There's, there, they're not held accountable at all. If there was any accountability, Joe Biden wouldn't be the, de- the nominee of the Democratic Party. In an Uh, era of defund the police and Medicare for all, why would you choose a guy who wrote the 94 crime bill and a a police prosecutor?
1: Well, Okay, Jeffrey Kelly, he's right about the crime bill, but I don't remember the crime bill. First of
5: all, how how did we get to the crime bill? You want to talk about that? You want to talk about Reagan and, and, you know, him and his people, distributing crack cocaine through the black neighborhoods, going, you know? (laughs) We want to talk about because let me finish that. Let me finish this. If if we don't have Reagan uh, uh, going out going out to, <sighs> with the contra stuff, and believe me, I interviewed Frederick Rick Ross. He broke the whole thing down to me how it all went down. If we don't have the crack epidemic from from Reagan's people dealing the shit through the black neighborhoods, then we would never have the crime bill. So we're just talking about government in general. Now, you can't blow up systems. You have to start. Even Obama said when they started out with Obamacare.
4: Why not? Well,
5: let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Okay? So, so let's say Biden's for public option. That's a start. That's more than what Trump is for. So they are, they are trying to. He wants to do stuff with the Green Deal. Not to everything, but he does want to create green jobs. So don't say that he doesn't want to do something. He wants to do some of it. He doesn't want to do all of it.
4: Kevin or Lloyd, and you're, and right, and, 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 and that's been going on since George McGovern in 1968, in and so, riots in Chicago by the, the DNC. Go ahead, so, Lauren. your
6: take on the all or nothing? I, I'm going to go with the with yeah. with people who, who support. <laughs> right, it, it's an all or nothing thing for you, right? It's like no, it's not. You that's your definition every, of it. Okay, that's what that's I. That's your of definition you. of it. That's what I heard. Okay. No,
4: that's your definition of it. So, so if it's so if it's not
6: all or nothing, um, you're saying that if they don't if they don't check off many of the boxes that you want, then you're going to just not participate in the election and the voting. But I guess my thing is with Trump supporters, I would say that many of them would not feel that they are right. They agree with white supremacy. I would feel that many of them would not consider themselves racist, Um, but they have their beliefs. They signed up on it. Their check boxes that are important to them. Right, whether it's gun control or or pro life or or whatever it is that their their they're, or taxes, you know, that their campaign is for that they turn a blind eye to all the other issues with with Trump and they go ahead and they support him anyway, right? So, but you're saying that we shouldn't do the same thing and support our candidate and do the best we can. He may not be perfect. I don't know that any politician who can ever rise to the level of of getting to that level is ever going to be perfect. And yes, systems do need to be broken down and replaced, but that's never going to happen under a Trump administration. It could happen under a Biden administration.
4: Kevin, you I don't- wholeheartedly so? disagree with that. What, what would- And I go, And Joe Biden is not my candidate at all. He doesn't represent anything I stand for.
1: Right, but uh, which part is she but wrong the, about the
4: point about the systems being broken down, and as an example, um, When the Confederate statues came down in 2016 after Charlottesville, that was a direct result of Donald Trump being president. In my opinion, if Hillary Clinton is elected president, you don't have that rash of Confederate memorabilia and monuments being taken down because the conditions would have been very different. And the reason that everything is so agitated right now is because all the contradictions within the system are exposed. The government's not taking care of you. Even in California, my whole state's run by Democrats, top to bottom, except for the county. We haven't got a stimulus package from California. We haven't got health care offers, free screening, anything like that. And that's my point, like, we got when I brought up this, Southern
5: California, that's not true. We have free screening. So, in every, so everyone
4: in healthcare has, so everyone in California has healthcare right now and can get I'm help. Ta- no, no, you said street, free screening. Because i people- every, You said so
5: free I, screening, is what you said we get free screening in southern california and
6: if you can absolutely get california care and free health care in california absolutely they have it. terrible
4: i have it it. it's terrible it it
6: may be terrible but it is something and if you are sick and you are in trouble and you need to go to the hospital you're gonna go and you're gonna get taken care of and you're not gonna
4: have to pay for it right and at the same time my other half who got kicked out of kaiser because she stopped making money because she got lost her job due to covid got put on Medi-Cal and lost her health care for eight weeks and her medication and her therapist because of lapses in the system. If you guys are gonna feed me the current system as the solution, I'm not eating it. And like, that's the point. I brought up criticisms of Democrats. Hold on, hold on. I brought up criticisms of Democrats and the first thing you brought up were Donald Trump and then Reagan was brought up. You guys cannot talk about this without bringing up Republicans. And I don't believe in the duopoly. There's no me and them. There are people who believe in liberalism and believe in the system and people like me who do not. That, well, nobody, that is it.
5: Nobody's saying they believe in system. I'm just pointing out stuff that you're saying. That but you're, you're voting people. within it. So hold on, let me finish. I was just pointing out stuff that's incorrect that you're saying. That's all I was, that's what I'm talking about. Is a system, no, do we have an American caste system? Yes, we do. do, I, do we, does everybody know about it? No, they don't. Are we brainwashing kids to love no country? Yes, we are. But there there has to be subtle changes. There has to be movement. You gotta figure out how you're gonna attack the system. But to sit there and say that this state's not doing it, it may not be the way you like it, but there are things going on as in healthcare that you can't get. I'm sorry there was a right. gap And if in a it, free democracy a I don't like
4: the system, I don't have to vote within it. That's you, how it and, works. And you
5: don't. you and guys you are don't. trying to
4: shame me into and voting. You don't. No, not I'm not. Nope. Nobody's no. voting. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not.
5: When does, no,
6: I'm not trying to shame you into anything.
4: Keep I, I, I bringing up why person. I have to vote for Joe Biden. No, I never you're, said you have you're, to you're vote pros- for Joe Biden. You, you spent the last ten minutes prosecuting me for not voting for Joe Biden, and you kept bringing up Donald Trump as, to, as if I'm supporting that by not voting for Joe Biden. That's what's well, going Well, one on. thing
1: that I'll, I'll push back on with that is that you mentioned Hillary Clinton, and that's something that Trump supporters love to do is they love to do a 2016 flashback. I'm not saying you're a Trump supporter because I know you're not, but.
4: No, I brought it up as an example because the exact same thing happened okay. and she lost to Donald Trump. <laughs> but and we're acting like that didn't happen four years later.
1: OK, but that's the mistake that progressives make is that they try to compartmentalize what our stance is. Yeah, we want Trump out. That, that's not the only thing we stand for. Yes, Trump is a racist, but that's not the only thing we stand for because we are trying to expand the Affordable Care Act. Joe Biden does support putting in consent decrees to hold police departments accountable so, for their actions. And so he does have a plan, a national federalized plan to respond to COVID. Everything you said about Hillary Clinton, you said this might not have happened if, if Trump weren't in office. And if Hillary Clinton was, we wouldn't have coronavirus being the problem that it is right now. She would have responded to it. And so the big sure. issue is still the, 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 ghost, the ghost under the, the, the mattress here is still coronavirus and the fact that the Democrats have the stronger messaging on coronavirus. And I'm saying, that that's going to move some people. The fact that Trump has contracted this virus and Joe Biden has not, that's going to resonate with people who are sitting on the fence. Now, I know that there's a smaller electorate of undecided voters this time around because people are pretty much notched in. They're pretty locked into their positions right now. And plus, the election's already started. We all know that, too. So people have already cast their ballots. I don't think that Trump is as strong as people give him credit for. And I don't think that he's going to have an easy ride to the White House like he did before, or as easy a ride, because for one, Bernie and Hillary were not aligned in their uh, policies. They they were fighting right up until the end. They're far more aligned now. And here's the important piece. Trump is losing supporters. Now, is that loss equivalent to the party defections or the disaffected voters who don't feel like Barack Obama did everything that he said he was going to do? I guess we'll have to wait and see once all the votes are counted. But there's only one side suppressing votes, Kevin votes. There's only one side. There's only one side. Only one side. That's not and true at all. That, that okay, is not true so at all. No, no, I, I no, no, no. Hold on. on. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, wait, wait, wait. no, 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 no. You don't get to sell I'm lies like that and in. then move on. I'm going to let you in. No, that's, that's fair. I'm no, going to no, no. let you in. I, I think I know where you're going because they got uh, Bowman off the uh, ballots. Of the yeah, they
4: party. took the Green Party off in Wisconsin, and they're the ones who purged their own voter rules in New York in 2016. So don't talk about they're the only ones suppressing votes. Also. Democrats have checked the box list in most of their states, which means felons can't vote. So they are also suppressing votes that way, which is my point. This system cannot free us. So stop voting within it.
5: But that's 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 that's
4: not what I believe.
1: Okay. well, again, I'm not encouraging. I don't force people to vote on a stance that they don't believe in. But what I'm saying to people like you who seem to be all or nothing right now.
4: It's not all or nothing. Can we stop saying that?
1: No, it is all about because things. (coughs) No, because you guys
4: like. Why do you guys get to define that? Like you said, progressives are making a mistake. How come the mistake isn't putting up a candidate who progressives align with and vote for? Like, why does the establishment get to decide who the mistakes are being made by? They
1: did that with AOC, Jamal Bowman, and uh, He's not running for
4: president or vice president. It
1: doesn't matter. But talking presidential candidate, but you got to put forth a candidate that can win with the messaging. So if these policies are so good, I, I like some of the stuff you're talking about, Kevin. I really do. Right, and I think they're good. And, I think they're worth fighting for. And, but Cory Bush lost the last time she ran in twenty eighteen when that blue wave came in. She got her butt kicked against the same guy. So she did Hillary me. Clinton. But with the same messaging with me. we have now. Stop bringing up Hillary Clinton, dude. You're throwing me off. In twenty eighteen, but it's
4: the same. It's the same situation. You guys act like history isn't repeating.
1: Okay, but it doesn't have to repeat though. If you fine tune and refine your messaging, Cory Bush showed how it can be done. But my issue is. That's how you win. If you don't like the candidates that are so-called blocking you, you got to take them out. And I know you're right, because I knew you were going to go there. Bowman did get asked to step, not Bowman, uh, the Howie. What's his name? The Green Party candidate? Howie
4: Hawkins. He didn't oh, ask you yeah. to step down. They decertified the Green they, Party and took them off the ballot. Don't, don't sugarcoat this. Don't sugarcoat fight. this.
1: No, you don't have to worry about me sugarcoating nothing, because I, I ain't afraid to tell the truth about it. So I'm saying this. Corey Bush found a way to win. So, if you don't like these candidates and policies that are in the way, y'all got to keep swinging. But why are you talking about
4: Cory with... Bush when he didn't run for president? Like, it's how it's come cheap. I can't bring up Hillary, who was a presidential candidate it's to cheap. compare this Bro. race to?
1: Yeah, you can bring her up, but I was it's in the a... middle of a point. I don't want to talk about Hillary in that moment because it was throwing me off. A
5: lot of Democrats are centralists. L-
4: I don't think of... any Democrats are progressives, <laughs> actually. I don't believe, I just, actually, I, just, I don't believe in the term progressives.
5: Let me finish. I'll let you finish. I'm just saying, no, there are progressive Democrats, but there's also different levels of, of, of Democrats. And some are, some are more liberal than others, and some are centralists. So you talk about very progressive, that's not all Democrats. You have to remember that.
4: Right, but the, the, the progressives a, haven't a, progressed a, a the very party progressive Democrat. Right, but you haven't moved your party anywhere. It, it's more conservative. This, this, Joe Biden's campaign is more conservative than Hillary's. It's moved to the right. Well, Joe Biden is more conservative than Hillary Clinton. But on he has more of
1: Bernie's yeah. platform, a part of his uh, policy. It's stripped down. and water. He has none but,
4: of it. He was just touting how he beat the socialist on the debate a few nights ago. Well, I beat him. I'm more, not a socialist. Quote, Joe Biden. Well, he was a little
1: more conciliatory than that, because that's why the two campaigns came together to, to draft some legislation together and part of Bernie's platform. Has been incorporated into Biden's. Yeah, not all the things are in there that the the, the Bernie supporters want, but it's a far more progressive now than it would have been without it. So progressive. I
6: actually, yeah, i, I, I did not even in the room. I um, I actually consider myself a socialist, and uh, I also consider myself a realist. And there's only so much that can be done in a certain amount of time and not voting, not shaming you or guilting you into anything, but choosing to not vote is not the solution to making those changes in the future. That absolutely is not the answer.
4: So do I But it have is the when the electoral college is a thing, because your vote doesn't matter. That's the point. Otherwise Hillary would have won and Al Gore would have won. That's the literal point. You're engaging in a system that you don't even have power and if, in, and if everybody and thinks that way, it.
6: and if everybody thinks that way, and nobody votes, then guess who wins? Right. So yeah. So right. your ear. And guess it's a, it's a Self. It's the Democratic self-fulfilling, Party. Self-fulfilling prophecy is, is, I, is what is what you're saying. And what
1: well, we the a Democratic Party die? Well, you said the Democratic. Can I party ask you a question? Die. What do you mean by that? The Democratic it needs, Party It die. needs
4: to die, and I'm going to make a point. Do you Go know ahead. who Anthony Rendon is? You live in California, yep. correct? Yep. Yes. Okay. Anthony Rendon's the Speaker of the House, right? Yep. yep. Anthony Rendon had a Medicare for All bill inside the California legislature Very on good. his desk. And you know what he did? He shelved yep. it because my friend worked in that office. He leaked yep. it and he got fired. Yep. So, in that situation, was it a Republican or the head Democrat of the state who was the obstacle to Medicare for All?
1: That was a Democrat.
4: Right, and that's the point. It's always a Democrat. The reason we didn't get a public option under Obama was a bunch of centrist Democrats. The reason we don't get real bail reform, we just had a police accountability and decertification bill hit Gavin Newsom's desk. He gaslit every productive thing in it and sent it back to the legislature. So gas- that's what you want me to vote for?
1: No, who that's gas- literally
4: what you want me to vote for. It's insane. Like, so okay, like, okay, okay. Wait, who okay. Gas- gas-
1: <laughs> it? Wait you, are you talking about like, like, you gas- what? You saying okay? I'm no, asking? Gavin hey. Newsom
4: went through every good thing. We had a bill to decertify cops who kill people. Biden, Gab, excuse me, Gavin Newsom said it was ridiculous. Said it couldn't be worded that way. Said it was appropriated wrong. Just gaslit every constructive thing in as to why it was wrong and sent it back.
1: But it, are it, you it's
4: for, not what Democrats do? They like you, the police. Are you
1: for holding police officers accountable? I think you are.
4: I'm for abolishing the police. Yes, and okay. Democrats don't no, want to no, hold he, them he, accountable.
5: That's totally different. He wants to abolish. He needs no police.
4: Right, and you yeah. start with holding them accountable and getting rid of them and attacking their funding, something that Democrats don't do. So, you know, so, so, read so there's no ahead,
3: Lori, no,
6: no, police, then what? We are supposed to all just go out and get guns and police ourselves? Is that, is that what you're suggesting?
4: There are numerous examples of non-police societies throughout history. You can look them up and read them. The fact that you don't know about them says a lot right now. That I'm being argued by a bunch of establishment-minded people and that's the best no, thing I'm, I I No police means community policing. Right, and if question, you knew the answer, it means mean? you would have studied it already. That means well, community no, policing. No, no, first, that means reform instead of jail. It, I, it, I, it I, remains. I,
3: I
5: first first off, off dude, I got my degree. Hold up, first of all, I have my degree in criminal justice. I'm not talking to you. OK, I'm just checking.
6: Right, because right. You, and wouldn't, a lot of people you wouldn't, wouldn't talk to him justice Because you want right? to bully me because I'm a woman. Right, because it's easier to bully I'm, me. Right, it's easier to put, put 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 me down and attack me than it it is to doing attack anything. a man. Yeah, you are. You are.
4: I'm that no. You okay. are. I, I asked you a simple question. question.
6: I asked you a simple question to help me educate me. Right, because of my no. Own. You asked a sarcastic no, question about me. I asked a specific question because I want to know. I am asking legitimately. And you insulted me and you deba- debased me. And then you didn't have an answer for me. So who's the one? I did have an answer. The,
4: and if you, you were enemy? asking a genuine question, you wouldn't have included going out and buying guns and shooting each other. That's, well, that's, your what, I, that's what I imagine. That's what I imagine.
6: I imagine these people, right. These, right, these right-wing Trumpers, who are saying if Biden wins, there's going to be a war. And we're ready. And we're armed. That scares the crap
2: out of me. And the things you're saying are scaring me just
1: as much. Well, the police okay, are killing people a, right now. On. So that's hold what we want to deal hold with. Hold on a second. Let me jump in here real quick. There's at least two or three societies, possibly more, that have uh, active, a bunch of them. And have an active plan in place as far as envisioning what policing can look like. Seattle just tried it recently with the whole Chaz thing and they had some issues. That there. was not Camden, an attempt at
4: that. That was Camden, a bunch of people Jersey, taking over land.
1: Cam, well, you don't that have was not example, an attempt but at example, non police Camden is another community, and I'm not even looking this up. This is just stuff that I, I know about. Camden is another community in New Jersey that has had community-based policing where they're walking the streets and working with the community leaders, and they're making sure that they are getting to know the, the occupants of the neighborhood. And instead of sending law enforcement in to deal with every single call, they are incorporating social workers who can come in and de-escalate situations. So it can exist. And I don't, I understand the concern that it's gonna be the wild, wild west. And that's how the Trump side frames the argument that Democrats are not for law and order. No, of course, we're for law and order just like they are. But at the same time, police that's a different argument than holding police officers accountable when they go rogue. Because uh, there's no way Breonna Taylor's shooter should be not in jail right
4: now. But, but that's not rogue, that's their form and function. That's their job. Police are a vestige of slavery, not their job,
1: but your job is not permanent just because it's your job. If you make a mistake, you're supposed to be held accountable.
4: Right. But that is assuming that they made a mistake. If you look at historically the role of policing, its job is to protect property and kill Breonna, non-white people.
1: Taylor right. That is the alive. job of police they're, they're, to do what?
4: To kill Breonna, people. To protect private property. That's the so job you, of the police. Okay, to but if you make a mistake class and, you and get the, wrong the, person. Of the
1: Okay, but if you make a mistake and shoot the wrong person, then you're supposed to be held accountable for that.
5: Right, but it has right, to be but, within, but, but, but the system doesn't make, feel that way. But it has to be within the laws. That's why they have the laws that they have to protect the police so they don't get prosecuted like they did in Breonna Taylor's uh, situation.
4: The
1: Democrats don't believe right. in qualified immunity. They just tried to take that out of the bill. Now that's not the same as defunding the police, but getting rid of that is a great start. Wouldn't you agree to that?
4: Some Democrats do. Democrats okay. in California wrote the police bill of rights and a Democrat just sent back a bill to help deconstruct that. So okay, yes and no.
1: But, but I got a yes though. Because nobody here is saying the Democrats are perfect because we know they're flawed. And I'm very familiar with the Anthony Rendon situation. I thought it sucked because I'm like, this is a great opportunity to get the public option or Medicare for all. I'm sorry. and
4: Right. But then why stay in an abusive relationship, though?
1: Well, I'm saying you got to take them out, though. So who's, cha- who's moved forward to challenge Anthony Rendon to get him out?
4: Right. That's but when you're in an abusive relationship, you leave it. You don't try to change it. We do leave it.
6: Right. Leave it. But do you leave it to go
4: to a worse one? <laughs> do you do
6: you leave it
4: to go to an even more abusive relationship? And you, Who said to go to a more abusive relationship? Well, I think, he, I think you're both
1: right. I mean, you, you should leave an abusive relationship, Kevin. I agree with that. But I also agree with Lori that you, you still got to fight for some change. Who has stepped up to challenge Anthony Rendon? He I have no idea. Well, he needs to go, right? I mean, I'm agreeing with you. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, keep fighting until you knock him out.
4: But how long like that's my that's why I brought up George McGovern in well, that, 1968. Good, George McGovern a was a progressive point. Bernie Sanders. Hold on. was a progressive Bernie Sanders candidate who was screwed by the establishment, who ran Humphrey. There was riots at the convention and the police beat the crap out of people. And then yeah. the Republican Nixon beat him because no one liked the candidate. It's exactly the same thing that happened in 2016. Okay, and we're right. repeating it again. OK, good point. Now he's getting,
5: getting to Abby Hoffman, Chicago 7, that whole deal. No, I get
4: it. Well, Jeffrey Keller. Right. Who but it's, it's the it same changed. story. Yeah.
5: Everybody. No, no, believe me. I understand. Look I'm independent, but I'm, I'm, my, my deal is, 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 I'm just, I'm always fighting for the people, and I've seen progress. as like in, in L.A. Let's just say, you know, we defunded 150 million dollars from the police for next year. That's a start. Mm. That's a start. You see what I'm saying? We are people are doing things. There are stuff going on. We can point at negatives, but there are in some cities where people are having change. Yep. And so you right. have, you do have to go out and, and protest. And walk the streets like I did and, and, and scream about that. So people will have change. Well, so Jim, I mean you you, you the only deal department. if I if I if I'm playing in, a, in, in, in if I'm playing professional football and I'm in the NFL and I'm stuck on a team. Well, that's where I'm stuck. We're stuck in a system. Our job but is. But you're how not do you, stuck in a system. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> how do you circumvent that system? That is where you're at. Mm-hmm
4: exactly and we highly disagree on how to circumvent i don't believe you circumvent things by voting for them validating and participating within them like do you think no. palestinian people are going to get liberation by voting in israeli elections but do no. you take
1: them out though but how do you get the people out of the way that but are But you injured? take them out by
4: participating if they're in your way you don't do you run interfere? within the democratic party because the democratic party okay. fights tooth and nail to keep the so off the ballot and beat them and fund ag- against them i'm agreeing with you so but why I'm run a within a party that hates you
1: Oh, but you have you. We've been talking about Howie and the Green Party. So why not form a party like that and take Anthony Rendon and people like him out?
4: That's exactly what I'm trying to do, and it doesn't involve okay. the Democratic Party or its That's corporate okay. candidates.
1: But I'm just saying, it's like it's not just uh, either or strategy. I mean, I'm certainly it not is though. To no, it's well, not. You, well, you can do both. You can leave an abusive relationship and organize and mobilize a candidate that can take those people out that are in your way. But-
4: but you're not voting for the replacement candidate. You're voting for the abuser. Joe Biden He's has not. abused the working class through his legislation well, take him out and his actions. Take them out. Take them out. I am. I'm not gonna vote for him.
1: <laughs> well, okay, that's what I'm saying. But you have that right. But you know, the other part of that argument is you got to put forth a candidate candidate that has the messaging and the votes to go out and mobilize and take them out. And until somebody, does I agree. That, until somebody does that, this, this, this is what we have it. That's why it's a big ten party on the left because we don't have a uniform
4: consensus on anything. Well, right. But it's not yeah. the left, it's the center center right. Okay, go ahead, Lori.
6: Well, and that's, the, that's been the difference, I think, between Democrats and Republicans for so many years is that within our own party, we have so much dissent. We do. And we have so much just, you know, frustration and, and dis- discord. So, but in the Republicans, it doesn't matter. They, they're they're going to stand they together, they're going to band together, they're going to yep. do their thing over and over and over, even when their candidate is Trump. Yep. And, and so to not even, and to, to continue to say how bad Biden is, bad Biden is, bad Biden is, but then we're not allowed to say that Trump is worse. We're not allowed to say that that's I'm not, a I'm not, situation. I didn't say you weren't
4: allowed to. I said, tell me why to vote for Biden without mentioning Trump because I'm not voting against Trump, I vote for things. So if someone stands for what I believe, then I'll vote for it. That was the point I was trying to make.
1: I think right. you can look at that binary case, though, Kevin, because Trump is- There is no binary. Biden. The
4: binaries, imagine and y'all are all subscribing to it.
1: Well, that's your perspective, but Trump is very much right. argument against Biden by mentioning and name-checking Biden, and that's how he's mobilizing his base. So I don't think it's a-, a, a a trust right. approach to you know, politicking, it, it works. That's how you frame the argument to show that you're a better and different candidate. Right. This right. is so KCWG, the truth.com. hold up, hold up. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That's Kevin Boats. We have Lori Peacock and we have the inimitable Jeffrey Keller. Go ahead, Kevin. I
4: was just saying the point, and I kind of want to make this total point, is like the reason I got frustrated is y'all spent the last 45 minutes saying progressives are making mistakes, saying they don't know what they're doing, and lighting this as if that's their fault. In my opinion, it's really not. And the reason I say tell me why to vote for Biden and without making up Trump is because progressives or leftists or communist socialists, whoever, are not torn between the two candidates. We're torn between right. our beliefs and the person you're presenting to us. So tell me why I should go against my beliefs to vote for the person that you're presenting to me. And the first thing you do is talk about this neo-fascist who I don't care about at all. And that's the point. You can't tell you can't convince me to vote against my beliefs because this person is also terrible. And that's why I say don't mention Biden or don't mention Reagan. Tell me why I should vote for this person. I hear you. Right. I also hear stop you. talking down to people on the left because we don't want to vote for stuff that doesn't align with our beliefs. That's just- I hear you. I hear you on that
1: So, so but I hear you okay, on that too. Right. Laurie, can, I, I, can so, I jump in real quick, Lori? Yes, yes. Then I'll let you speak. Uh, yes. Kevin, I hear you on that. And I'll just tell you straight up that I've had to learn on that one because I, I'm just speaking for me. I have been dismissive of people who espouse progressive ideals that are considered revolutionary and that are not for in a very strongly worded defense of the democratic candidate i have espoused a lot of impatience with that and i'm evolving on that because i do agree with you that it was a definite problem in 2016 and that was a major reason why um, hillary did not win i don't blame bernie supporters for that except that there was a lot of animus against that particular candidate in 2016 And I think this time with Trump, and I know every four years you guys are told that this is the worst president, this is the most important election of our time, and if we don't vote for the Democrat, uh, there's always this loyalty pledge to support the Democratic candidate. I hear you on that. And I'm telling you, I've had to learn how to be more open-minded because I would like to see a more uniform ticket on this side, although I understand that it's going to be very, very difficult. Because the reason I believe that it's OK to frame an argument by name checking the opposition is because you have to frame the argument. You have to frame the difference. And I don't think if you stay if you stay stuck there, then it would be an issue. But we have also pivoted and we have a platform on the side of the ticket where Biden is running. He has a better plan on coronavirus. That's settled law. OK, everything that we're talking about is being underscored by the progression and prevailing Reality of coronavirus that dominates absolutely, all. dominates all.
4: And so I, he has a I mean real quick for that. Go ahead. The, the, I want the to difference is, peop- you guys are voting for candidates, and we're not voting for systems. I think that's another lost in translation here. I don't care who the Democratic candidate is. I'm not voting for that establishment. And when you say on the left, we have a tent, we don't have a big tent because the democratic establishment is a center, center, right party that believes in private property and blowing people up and all that stuff. It just wants to consume all the left
1: with it. and That
4: is where the contradictions arise.
1: Okay. Well, there may be contradictions, but I'm, look, I'm fighting Trump. Okay. I don't want to fight you guys. I don't, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm throwing blows on behalf of getting that knucklehead out. And so, if I got to do better at being more patient and listening to this type type of to exchange, which is helpful to me because I'll be honest with you about six weeks ago, I didn't know who, Howie. I still keep getting his name wrong. The presidential candidate. Howie Hawkins. Thank you. I didn't know who Howie Hawkins was six weeks ago or Angela Walker. Okay. So I am evolving, but see, this is what I'm trying to get people to understand is like, if I can evolve others can too, but, I know it starts with me, but I also don't want to be characterized as being so closed-minded because I understand the game. I I had managed expectations with the presidency of Barack Obama. And so I know no matter what issues you care about, those candidates that are running on those issues, they still got to get in somewhere and show and prove. And they still have to be pushed and held accountable. It's not just they represent this issue and just vote for them. It has to be the charismatic figure. It has to be the one that is about systemic change. And they have to win on those issues. And until they put forth a candidate that's able to do that, the progressive democratic system is going to be, excuse me, the democratic establishment is still going to prevail. You have to take them out. That's my point. Lori Peacock. Oh.
3: <laughs>
1: I know. I I, I talk too much. I'm sorry. I talked to you.
6: No, no, it was, it was good. It was good. I just, um I guess I, I guess I can't see how you can say well I'm not going to vote because I disagree with Biden and his policies and it goes against my fundamental beliefs, and so then the default then there is that Trump is it, a vote not against Trump is a vote for Trump, and so the no, it's default not that's thing, not how the system so, works. So the default you there, stop is, saying that. It's it's okay, you know, to just let this continue on the way it's been, to let this hate continue, to let this racism continue, to let these deaths continue as pre- with Trump as our president, because you know what, I don't agree with Biden and his policies. And you know, it, it goes against my fundamental beliefs. So are you saying that your fundamental beliefs are met with Trump as president?
4: You can't help but try to frame what I believe by your beliefs. And at this point, I'll just do the best I can. I am not doing all those things you just said, I feed people in my neighborhood. I clothe people in my neighborhood. I fight white supremacists literally. I punched a peckerwood more recently than a lot of people have probably. I'm literally doing the ground level work and you're shaming me because I won't vote in an electoral system that I already pointed out doesn't really represent you. And like at this point, I'm kind of just tired of it. Like stop trying to frame me with all these things you're feeling. I don't stand for any of those things, but neither do the Democratic Party stand for the things that I do, which is feeding and clothing everyone, which is housing everyone, which is not droning the Middle East because we don't like the people there, which is shrinking prison and police budgets, which have happened in very few states and cities since all these protests started. And the thing you guys brought up about LA, the defunding happened not because a bunch of Democrats are on the city council, because that's who's on the city council in LA. It happened because a bunch of people who don't like the establishment went out in the street. Just like that's that's the way the civil rights act got passed. Right, but it has nothing to do with... no, 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 but I'm saying the point is it has nothing to do with who was in office? It had to do with I the people that, who weren't in office. That's what I said. I that's said that's No, I know. But but, but the, wait, just wait. The on. next step is you have to get those people to start their own party because every time those minded people run within the Democratic okay. Party, they get lambasted and overfunded and shoved okay. out ninety percent of the time. So stop running in an abusive relationship. Also, stop gaslighting me and telling me what I do and don't believe in. I had about enough of that.
6: <laughs> you know, what's funny is I agree with you on all of that. <laughs>
4: i absolutely right do. but the democratic <laughs> establishment doesn't nope. but
6: i but i do but, but kevin I do.
1: are you thank you Lori, for saying that because are you more likely to get me because look kevin i don't agree with uh some of the things that you say but some of it i do but are you more likely to in this day and age get some progress done with someone that is to the left of center or to the right of center. So I would far say to, to the left. left. Far to the left. So I'm closer to because far Because anyone to ne- else
4: isn't getting anything done. You're not changing anything. I feel if you. you have had the same and type of candidates for 120 years and nothing's changed because the system is meant to protect rich people. It's all it's meant to do. It is. The same system that was created in 1776 it cared yeah. about white men who owned land over here on the spectrum and white men who owned land over here on the spectrum and those are the only people the system cares about. It is. This is
5: true it is and if you want to so learn why are more we about participating that, in it
4: no you want to learn more about that, that
5: Recast by isabel wilkerson there you go
4: <laughs> i would i would love to i love reading that's why i get like i get upset because people don't read history and then it repeats itself and they want to argue the losing side and i'm like but would you, mean, you just go read a damn book please well mm-hmm. this is and this is and this
5: is what kind of what you're going to but when let's just say the black panther party started the peace and freedom party and talking about People being self sufficient in their own neighborhoods, don't need police, we can feed ourselves, take care of ourselves. They got assassinated and they got lambasted by uh, the government. So, you know, people
4: under have both Republican and Democrat presidents. I know. I didn't. No I, did I say a, a party? Right. No question about it. No, no, I'm just party? saying.
5: No, because I said government. The system. It yeah. is the system. I know. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, that's, that's what, what, saying. what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm pointing I it out. I don't think anyone can
6: disagree that the system is flawed. I don't think anybody would 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 disagree with that statement right. at all. But I don't know that the solution is to just turn our backs and bury our heads in the sand and act like you know so, things are going to just miraculously but, change.
1: So what you're saying, Lori? Are Do you, you think shaming drag- anybody? Wait, wait, Kevin. So are you saying are you shaming anybody who does that?
6: Shaming anybody who does what?
4: Put turn their the head back? in the
6: sand? I, I don't. I'm not shaming anybody because I, I don't like being shamed myself. Okay. I'm saying so we're for calling me, it a mistake, though. For me, I think that, you know, the right to vote is a powerful, powerful thing. And and, and, and I think to take it to, to deny that and to disregard that is, is hurtful to me and to my ancestors. But I'm not gonna shame somebody for, for their what they're gonna do. Do what you're gonna do with
4: what you right. believe in. Uh, what's I, right think, for you. I
5: think what I think what he's saying is do you really have the right to vote when they're only giving you two that when the system is rigged?
4: Mm. Right. And the electoral college exists. Are you really voting for president? I don't know. like there, Like, like, look at it this way. There's no Republicans in California, right? Like, say there's 5 million Republicans and there's 45 million Democrats. 40 million Democrats and one, or 39 million and don't vote for president. Only the number to cover the Republicans does. The rest is just a wash. 40 million people and yeah. then when you start looking at the senate and the fact that the 9 million people in la share two senators with everyone else in california yeah, and the cool. 9 million people from idaho to the dakotas have right. 16 senators and yeah. they're all white right
3: yeah you're right
4: like like i i've refused to participate in a capitalist party inside a liberal system because that is what has been happening right. for this whole time and it's changed nothing
5: and he's right you need to start electronic. radical
4: parties but he's
5: right, because Electoral College was created because they said that the people don't know who should be in power and who should be president. So they created right. the, the Electoral College and they think people were smart enough to keep their people in power. You, you know really don't, and you, don't grasp you know, those things.
1: Absolutely. Ab- over the weekend. It was also
4: to, was to count slaves as 20. people but not give them votes.
1: Exactly. Over the weekend, Lindsey Graham debated uh, Jamie Harrison because they have a very tight Senate race right now in Southern <laughs> <Colorado>. <laughs> South Carolina. I'm
4: sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs>
1: Why are you laughing at Jimmy Harrison and Lindsey Graham?
4: Because Lindsey Graham is losing his mind over how much money is being raised against him. He said they, they're
1: outfunding me because they hate me. They, dude, I he's do, losing his mind.
4: You. It's the funniest thing. But
1: he that's what he's saying. He's saying all this money is coming into this race. But uh, I lost my train of thought. But the, the point I was trying to make is that if Hillary Clinton were in office, we wouldn't be in this mess with coronavirus. We'd have a whole lot of other problems that we'd be dealing with because of people that don't trust either party. We'd have those issues because like Kevin said, they'd still be uh, actively participating in um, foreign interventions. And that's that was an issue that I had with right. the last administration before Trump came in. And so I do agree with that. I do agree with that. But what I need to see is, I'm going to vote because even if it's symbolic, Trump has got to go. And I know for a fact that if enough people did agree with me or more people agree with me last time, and I'm not talking about people that didn't vote and for, for their own reasons, I'm saying the electoral college awarded her the victory because there was still not enough people on the ground that, you know, didn't get caught up in the okie doke of her emails. Cause if we had voted for her, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. And I think that's been clearly vindicated. It doesn't negate all the other work that has to be done that Jeff and Lori and Kevin are talking about. It doesn't negate all that because both things have to happen. But I'm saying to anybody that's not happy with these establishment and these, this two-party system that Jeffrey just eloquently pointed out, because Jeff is doing the work. He's talking to police departments and he's marching. Kevin, I know you are a soldier, man. I know that. I know that.
4: Right. Thank you. I just don't even bother talking to them anymore because I know they ain't going to listen. Like, okay. we're all different
5: I, I, I will say no, this. We but got but you. I'll say that's, this. Hey, I, I will say this. When I spoke to the San Marcos Police Department about community policing, they did make some changes. I will say that.
4: Right. And small changes. And she, and that, but that's the thing. Like It's 2020. I'm done with small changes.
6: No, no, no. You can't. We, we can make.
1: How? Go ahead, Lori. Small,
6: be. small changes are better than no changes. Step no, status quo the, is not better. The, I didn't say status quo. Did I say status quo? I but said that's what small, small changes
4: are. 12, small 1,200 changes. people a year have been killed by the police for the last six years in a row. That's status small quo. No small changes.
6: changes are the step in the right direction. And protesting and marching and speaking out has has instigated some of those changes, most of those changes. So the more we continue to do these protests, the more we continue to speak out, the more people will listen and pay attention and change will happen. But it isn't something that's going to radically happen overnight. And I guarantee you, it will not happen if we have four more years of Trump.
1: All right, I got to land on that
4: It's like this end of the world Go stuff ahead. is Make so like. overplayed. Like, listen, like the, all, this, all the solutions you're giving me, they tried in the 60s, and they shot the guy in charge in the head, and we call him Dr. King. So it's I, not I, a solution.
1: I got to we land tried it, you. and they killed him I 60 years land. ago. Yeah, I got to land with this. I take your point, and I take all of your points. It didn't, it, it took forever. This is like before Barack Obama, it was like two or three presidents easily that tried to get affordable health care through. Okay, it takes time. Amendment Four in Florida that just passed to give criminals or former felons the right to vote, that took about ten years, easily, minimally, to even get on the ballot. And once it finally was on the ballot, it passed in a landslide. And despite that, DeSantis, the Republican Trump sycophant, still continued to put up barriers to make sure people couldn't vote. And so Bloomberg sends his 100 million in there, and now 32,000 extra ex felons are now able to vote. So I'm only saying that because I agree with Kevin that if you're getting abused, you leave your abuser unequivocally. I agree with that, full stop. And at the same time, change is necessary and radical change. And that's an example of a radical change. But when it comes to changing systems and putting people in place that can institute policy and we gotta hold them accountable once they're in those positions, it takes time because the Affordable Care Act and just having a black president you know how long that took. So the reason why I'm a little more patient. Right. But
4: what did it was, really change? Wait, 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 wait,
1: I got to land because I got another group coming in. But what it changed was that you have to fight the fight and you just keep swinging until you win, period. Because Barack Obama wouldn't have been past possible in the 1980s during the Reagan era, even though we ran some pretty decent candidates back then. But it takes time. And so that's why my expectations are a little bit more managed. But I really appreciate this uh, helpful exchange. It's opened my eyes to some things. That's Kevin Boats. That's Jeffrey Keller. That's Lori Peacock. This is KCwGthetruth.com's program, called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. Stay tuned for more, y'all. We'll be right back after this.
7: One, two, three. This is Louis Vega, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGthetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Maybe
3: you're uncomfortable With the fact we're waking up How do you turn hate to love?
1: Hey, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And oh my goodness, you guys know we've been having some rather robust discussions during this episode. And it's certainly going to continue right now. Uh, joining me right now is a part of this amazing collective. Um, they're just cherished on Psychotic Bump School. I call them. Um, well, I call this segment the Mental Health Army segment, and these, these people are just amazing, and I'm always appreciative when they come out and join us. Um, I've been having these conversations during this episode to discuss how things have changed, if at all, with the onset of news that the uh, occupant of the White House has contracted coronavirus, and what that's going to mean for this election, and what does it say about all the 207,000 lives at this point, by the time you hear this, that have been lost uh, to the fate of this deadly virus, and I want to have a conversation with that, but this time with another amazing mental health panel. So rejoining me again, they've all been here before, and you know them very well. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back mental health clinician Kyra Christian, licensed marriage and family therapist Rabia Ali, licensed clinical social worker Casey Phillips Brown, and married licensed and married <laughs> licensed married and family therapist Art and Arissa Harris. Art, Narissa, <laughs> Casey, Kyra, Rabia, are you there? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <They're here. They laughs> are here. They
8: married and they met. Ma- all right, all of it, all of I it. Gotta it all <laughs> I got to get it all in.
1: <laughs> I got to get it all in. This is this is the first couple uh, of the show as far as the mental health panel. And I also want to remind everyone that uh, Art Harris is also a school psychologist, so we got all the bases covered for this particular conversation. Well, y'all, um, y'all been watching the news. Y'all been seeing the uh, the fallout. Uh, what are your thoughts from a mental health standpoint? Let's go first to Narissa Harris and her husband Art Harris. Art, Narissa, what are your thoughts? Starting with Narissa.
9: Yeah, you know uh, the thoughts. I I just mm-hmm. don't know what to say no more. Um, I do have to, you know, keep it real. I think my initial, my initial internal thoughts, and y'all probably know what I'm meaning after I say this. Like the initial internal thoughts, I couldn't externally say just because i i believe in god and i'm like i just i can't be saying <laughs> stuff like that right but that <laughs> yes it's it's all sad mm-hmm. it's all very confusing and it's really really stressful you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like i forgot what i was listening to or watching the other day but literally the american people we are literally living and walking within almost like a PTSD tunnel Mm. and it's just ridiculous all that's going on in this country now you know this man got got the virus and Mm. it's just it's just sad and so me and my husband was talking the other day and he made a comment and said you know every single day is something with Mm -hmm. this this government and that is so true so I'm really at a loss for words but it it, it is just traumatic on every single level level um, possible it's traumatic for all the lives like you said earlier that have been lost um, prior It's traumatic for the people that have survived this disease and are still dealing with the remnants and you know honestly speaking it's it's traumatic for Trump to be dealing with this now it especially is. in the way he downplayed this virus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's, it is just tragic.
1: It is Kyra Christian. Stand by. I'm coming to you next, but our Harris, just picking up what uh, from where uh, Marissa just left off. I mean, how do people find compassion in a moment like this, given how uh, he has tried to downplay this and now he's become a victim of it. Art Harris, what are your thoughts on that? And then I'm going to Kyra Christian.
7: I mean, i mean this is where we're at in the human experience where um the human life has just become not as valuable to people and so people are quick to say things and talk about his death or wish death on them um but i'll say what malcolm x said after the assassination of kennedy like the chickens are coming home to roost
3: Mm -hmm.
7: the chickens are coming home to roost so all that stuff that's been put out there and all the negligence related to COVID has come back and hit the white house right in the mouth. And, um, and I don't wish, um, death or sickness upon anybody. Um, I have respect even for my enemies, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, I, still, this, this, these are the chickens coming home to roost. And, um, and it's been prophesied about, um, darkness trying to take control and famine coming into the world and, people Mm -hmm. being split and having a military occupation. It's been talked about thousands of years in like African philosophy and African stories. Um, And so what we need now is justice Mm -hmm. and we need Mm -hmm. um, reasoning and we need the light and we need love to really work through this. So hating that Mm -hmm. man and wishing death on him is is not the way to go about it because we're Mm -hmm. all fighting COVID regardless Mm -hmm. of the election Yep. Regardless of a Republican or Democrat or white people, black people, immigrants, immigration, we're, we're as a human race we're fighting COVID, and this should be the sign to wake everyone
1: up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, he's not wrong, Rabbi Ali. So stand by, I'm coming to you in just a second. Uh, Casey Phillips Brown, can you pick up right there? Uh, threading that needle bet- between being angry at um, wait, did I skip Kyra?
0: Yeah,
1: I did. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyra Christian. Um, threading that needle, the, the way Art was, was doing it so immaculately, um, man, I'm mad. I, I've lost a friend to coronavirus, y'all, so I can only extend so much uh, levity in a situation like this, though Art Harris is correct that, you know, castigating further blame on somebody who's sick, it's, it's supposed to engender compassion, right, Kyra? But I find myself being a little bit torn on the issue. Kyra, what are your thoughts on that?
10: Well, I'm going to say I'm in the middle. I, I believe that this is poetic justice. Um, and this is a lack of him preparing his country. Um, and now, you know, this is his fate. He sowed those seeds. And so, yeah, I wish him well, but I, I won't be praying for his wellness. I'll be praying for this country's wellness and for my community's wellness, um, because he didn't prepare us. And so unfortunately his privilege, um, to not follow the rules and to laugh it off and, and make it seem like this pandemic was nothing um, has has hit him in the face, so to say. Yes. So I, like I said, I'm in the middle. Um, our communities are suffering. I too have had maybe eight people I know um, have passed. We just buried someone oh, on Friday wow. from oh, COVID-related
1: so wow.
10: um, issues. And so, yeah, I, I don't feel um, compelled to, to feel sorry for him.
1: Mm. Rabia, stand by. Casey Phillips Brown, 43,000 people were diagnosed with coronavirus on Thursday, the same day Trump and Melania were. And since that time, nine people in his cabinet that attended the same Rose Garden meeting also came down with it. So finding compassion in this moment, even as a mental health worker, I find it to be tough for myself. So Rabia, stand by. Casey Phillips Brown, what are your thoughts on that?
8: I, I can't even get to compassion because I'm trying to figure out what's true and what's not true. And I feel that's such a big dilemma that we as African-Americans are facing in this country, not to excl- exclude anyone else, but we have a history of being lied to, experimented upon, uh, not told the truth, you know, the switch and bake, hoodwink, bamboozle. Like we, this mm-hmm. has been our history in this country. And if you want to break it down even further, it's a Erikson's uh, stages of development: trust versus mistrust. Right, so Ooh. we come into this relationship with this administration, right. and from the beginning, we are lied to. Mm. We are we've been lied to every single day, basically. And I know they have like a tally. I know my I think someone was doing yeah. it after twenty five thousand lies. Who does that? So, Who does that? Right. So how I am I supposed job. to believe you? And I need and, and as an American citizen, I need to believe what the president of this country says. I need to if he says. I'm good and I'm safe, I need to mm. I need to know that. And I need to believe mm. it. If he says I'm sick, I need to believe it. I do mm. not know what to believe, so I can't even move on to the next phase of anything else. I'm trying to figure out, okay, so, mm. well, why would he lie? Because, you know, he's making it sound like it's nothing. It's the China virus, oh, it's nothing. You know, it's, it's a miracle, it's gonna go away, right? It's just, mm-hmm. no, it's a hoax. So if it's all that, then why would he say he has it? Or am I am I a little upset because everyone has called me out on not denouncing the races and white supremacy in this country and that was the biggest headline that and him paying 750 dollars in taxes Uh, right right. when he paid so i got also then maybe that's why i say this and this that is horrible Mm -hmm. that i have to even consider this if a person has been inflicted uh has, has been infected by a virus i should be concerned and be upset and worried but i'm sitting here trying to I'm trying to weed through the lies. So I, I don't know what to believe at this time. And that's extremely important. And I feel like there's so many of us out here who are experiencing this. I've seen so many different things on my timeline from, I can't, you know, offer thoughts and prayer when I don't know it's true. Wow. Right. So that's where, I, how I feel about it.
1: I think a lot of people tend to agree with you. Rabia Ali, same question. How do you trust someone that has proven over and over again, shown us who he is? Um, how do you trust that? Rabia Ali, what are your thoughts?
0: I'm just going off of what everyone else is saying. Um, Black folk are tired, tired, tired. We're tired tired of the lies. We're tired of the PTSD. We're tired of the trauma. We're tired of the oppression. We're tired of all of the things that are affecting us. And now we're expected to, and I've seen this on, and I don't know if everybody's on Facebook, but I've seen this a lot on Facebook where people are saying, how do you expect us to feel sympathy or empathy from someone who hasn't shown us that ever?
3: And not just now
0: that he's in the presidency, but he's never been Mm -hmm. empathetic or sympathetic to the plight of Black people, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. So how are we supposed to then say, oh, well, we feel sorry for this man? That's right. That's not even realistic to Mm -hmm. think. And -hmm. a lot of the things that people are saying is like, well, we're in an abusive relationship. That would be just like us saying or apologizing to our abuser for what's happening to them and the pain that they've inflicted on us all this time.
1: Wow. Look at that. And what would we recommend if anyone happens to be in the unfortunate circumstance of an abusive relationship, it would be to leave that relationship. Right. Right. And to to do all you can to make sure that you have some safe refuge away from it and rebuild and regroup yourself. So uh, you're absolutely right. So let me swing back around with this. How can we weaponize our mental health in, in a moment like this? And, you know, we don't like to, when I say we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about mental health people. I mean, we would prefer to stay in our lane.
3: Mm-hmm. We
1: prefer to have a, a unilateral, universal adherence to the, the to the the precepts of mental health and not uh, fuse it so much with uh, the the political uh, chatter that's out there. But I don't think I'm venturing into their territory. They came in into mine. All right, so I wouldn't be saying this if they didn't put or if I didn't feel any way that they didn't put all of us at risk with their recklessness. And because of that recklessness, our mental health has been victimized once again. Okay. So how do we weaponize our mental health against this monster? Because I've been saying I can't wait for the era of Trumpism to pass because that sense of wonderment is living rent free in our souls right now to the point where Joe Biden has taken down his negative ads. And I'm like, dude, you need to keep fighting. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, how do we do, but what do we do with our mental health right now as a shield and a blunt object to to counteract that, not only just counteract it and resist it, but to actively busy ourselves with rhetoric, information, and um, the the drive to make sure that we are not overtaken by the rhetorical uh, nonsense of Trump now having coronavirus. That's a very loaded question, and I don't know how you're going to tackle it. But I'm going to go first to Rabia Ali and Narissa Harris. Rabia, what are your thoughts on that?
0: So what Casey was saying about the lies earlier, um, I think that one of the ways to rid ourselves of having to deal with this type of information is to limit the type of information that we are exposed to. And I know that's difficult to do. And for me to even say it out of my mouth, I know it just is like, okay, how do we do that?
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: when you're thinking in terms of mental health, in order to be able to heal your mental health or to save yourself from mental health. Like for example, if you were in in an abusive relationship or if you were dealing with substance abuse, the first step is in limiting your exposure to that thing. How do we do that? By not watching the news, by not looking at the headlines, by not paying attention to what is going on and trying to figure out how we as a people, as a community can try to combat this without dealing with the rhetoric, without dealing with the propaganda. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a difficult thing to do because we want to know, we want to be in the know. especially now, social media is the only way that we have a connection to anyone else in the world. Mm -hmm. So in order for us to be able to, and maybe we have to change the narrative. That could even be an idea too, change the narrative for ourselves. Yes, this Mm -hmm. is what people are saying. Yes, this is the rhetoric that's coming out of the mass news media, Mm -hmm. but maybe we should change the narrative and say, okay, this is what we're seeing, but what are we going to do about it now?
1: That's right. Narissa Harris, then Casey Phillips-Brown.
9: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I definitely, definitely think that you should just limit what you are, are putting in. And I, I agree, it's hard to do and it's everywhere, but mm-hmm. we have control of how much we filter and how much we let in. You know, it's nothing wrong with not going on social media for a little mm-hmm. bit of time. It's nothing wrong. There's nothing
1: with- wrong with that. I can do that? <laughs> <laughs>
9: yes. I, <laughs> I you know, I like to give the example and I like to say, you know, we need to go back to the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s, if you ain't had the affordability to have a call wait and somebody called you, you never knew and they just had to call back whenever they could. You just not <laughs> have immediate access to mm-hmm. information like we yeah. just did not have it in the 90s and we survived and I personally think that we were happier back then because you had to wait you had to pause and so you know get off of social media for a minute and don't be on the internet don't be looking at the news because the truth of the matter is ain't much go change if you keep looking at the news <laughs> several times throughout the day you know and
1: well, I, if it's not going I like watching grass grow, Narissa.
9: <laughs> yes. Sometimes we need to just watch the grass grow. We really do. Like We just need to sit and just not take anything in. Because what we are doing when we keep taking any traumatic stories, we keep hearing the same thing repetitively, it's repetitive trauma. And we are continuing to send ourselves in this stress response where we are letting off adrenaline within our bodies. We letting off cortisol, even if we don't necessarily feel stressed, we are still internally stressed and that's not good. And it's not healthy for the body. It and sure so is. I just would second the whole checking out and not being on social media, not necessarily always watching the news and really just pay attention to the literal blessings that you have around you, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can breathe, you can see, you can smell, touch and taste. The sun rose this morning, even if the sky was orange, you know, you was able to see it. And so just really paying attention to what you have at your fingertips and Mm -hmm. as opposed to the fingertips of social media and the internet and CNN, you know? Wow. So.
1: This is KCWG, the program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the amazing Narissa Harris, and right before her was Rabia Ali. Stand by, we're about to hear from Art Harris and Casey Phillips. But, Kyra Christian, um, here's the thing. Um, I understand trauma porn and repeated exposures and how harmful that is. And Rabia and Narissa are not wrong. However, I've learned since I've been doing this show, Kyra Christian, Casey, and Art about a thing called FOMO. Y'all ever Mm. heard of FOMO? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody knows what Mm -hmm. that is. I didn't know what that was before I started doing this show. So FOMO, fear of missing out. Kyra Christian, don't I run the risk of missing out on something? How in the world do I go back to the 90s like Narissa said, which is the correct (laughs) idea, but I might feel like I'm missing out on something important. And Kyra, uh, how, how would I respond to that?
10: Well, honestly, I, I don't really, um, I take breaks from social media. I take plan breaks just, uh, because you're not going to miss out. If you are in contact with friends and people, someone's always going to tell you what's going on. Like I didn't watch the deb- debate because I knew that I was going to oh. get a play by play on social mm-hmm. media. And so right. it's okay to sit some things out. It's okay to, you know, um, like I believe it was Larissa was saying to um, count your blessings and really mm. take an inventory of your life and see what do you really have control over? Well, we have control over ourselves and our response to what's going on because they're just doing what they've been doing since we've been in this country. Honestly, mm. I look at the news and I'm like, oh, I have nothing to do with our community. Like we don't even have a say. not Next. even considered human to this right. government. So we were right. never thought of. So this is not our problem. It's not our problem to fix. And so I'm learning mm. just to take a step back and um, uh, commune with family and come up with different ways to help our community and not really worry about problems that don't concern us.
1: Mm. That's mm. deep. Art Harris, standby. I'm coming to you in just a second. Casey Phillips-Brown. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> has actually written a book called We Just Said No. So, Casey Phillips Brown, how would Casey Phillips Brown just say no to all this uh, madness out there?
8: <laughs> just to be clear, we just said no <laughs> to drugs, treating ADHD uh, without medication. I know, but I'm it laughing. still counts,
1: right? Doesn't it yeah, still count? Yeah, yeah but I'm going
8: to make sure what we say a no to. We say a no to. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's funny, I'm laughing because I feel like I'm so glad you have such a diverse panel of people because mm. I feel like I'm not, I'm a little different. Um, I'm with you, Rome. I need to know what's going on. I'm back to the trust <laughs> versus mistrust. I can't trust this government. I wow. can't trust my friends and my family to pick up the thing I would have noticed in the debate. I need to watch for myself so I can be clear what's going on. I'm in a state of, it is a, a PTSD. We do mm-hmm. not know at any moment what's going to happen. So yes. Now the difference with me is that I, I'm i pretty well-rounded. I do um, take time for myself. I go to, I take my kids to the beach almost every day just to Just to feel that ocean breeze, just to see the sunset, you know, going into the ocean. It feels really good and I can break away from it some. But I got to get my daily dose of information for myself so I can know what's happening. It's it's interesting when you mentioned that um, uh, Vice President Biden took uh, down his, you call them negative ads. I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Are they negative ads or are they ads that are accurate? I'm really big uh-huh. with my, cl- uh, my, uh, my clinical supervision when I'm talking to my social workers and my marriage and family therapists. Mm-hmm. We're, we need to be accurate in our diagnosis and
3: mm-hmm.
8: how we see ourselves and how mm-hmm. we describe these families. I'm really big, people will start, they'll say stuff, I'm like, well, what's the truth? What's factual? And mm-hmm. with Biden to deciding to pull his ads, I'm very disappointed in that. Because in this day and age, in this time, we don't know if what they're saying is true. I need some truth. And the truth right. is, if you're, if your ads are saying what he's actually said and done, We need to be reminded of that daily and not forget it. So I'm I'm sorry to take it back there real quick, but I do not want to see those removed. And then we start, oh, now we just, all we got is empathy for someone who is in the hospital when we need to remember that that person was just a second ago talking about it is what it is, the people Mm
1: -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. Come on. Kyra Christian agrees with you. So what I love about what you said is that, see, I learned so much from this, this panel, ladies and gentlemen, because nowhere else can I tune in on a podcast and hear... Uh, trust versus mistrust and Arissa and Art have podcasts too and Art Harris had a podcast where he was talking about some of that too, Casey Phillips Brown and he was talking about inferiority versus fe- what, what, what are the different stages of, of trust and personal development art I mean oh, oh we're you
7: know, talking you know, about from um, the Erickson psychosocial Eric, stage
1: yeah man, you, social, you hear how Casey social, just, just kind of slipped that in there
7: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah break it down Art
7: well I mean I, I don't want to misquote Eric Erickson right now, but I know the trust versus mistrust is the younger section. But mm-hmm. um, you're talking about industry industry versus inferiority. There right? it is. That's yeah, it. industry versus inferiority.
3: Thank
1: you. Um, Thank
3: you.
7: But it's, it's hard for me to talk about that right now at this stage. Oh Am no I no coming? no
1: yeah 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 my bad yeah. I threw you off. But just I was just referencing that you have talked spoken about these issues before. But can you speak upon like the the pulling out and uh, the the concern that you're missing out on something and how to what do you fill that time and space up with if we're not doing that
7: yeah how can we do that and um and you know I do want to name that you said earlier it's hard to separate a therapist from what's happening politically oh, and yes and um with your mental health but I mean you got to remember um back a long time ago when when in black psychology and African psychology and even now you can't separate what's happening politically uh-huh economically, physically, mentally, spiritually, it's all connected as Mm -hmm. one. And um, it wasn't until like this Western um, domination started where they tried to separate um, religion and psychology and money from the state, right? They tried to make these different um, sections of um, what to deal with so we couldn't bring it all together. But that's false. You have to consider it all, you know, because what's happening politically does mess with you Um, and your mental health. A lot of people are dealing with anxiety um, Mm. because of what's happening politically and they're watching their social media stream, right? And people are talking about what's happening in the world with the president, um, with COVID, and they're they're struggling trying to decipher what's real and what's fake. But um, one thing with your social media is that it'll only show you... um, the things you're already kind of tuned yeah. into. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking with my wife about that. What was the name of that film you were uh, watching? The Social,
9: social Dilemma? Dilemma on right. Netflix.
8: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool? That's good. That's good. Right. And president. so it's
7: like, you can only, your social media is only going to be a reflection of you. And so it might be good to pull away from your social media sometimes anyway, mm-hmm. to get some different opinions and it get some different streams of information because, um, social media is kind of designed just to sell you stuff anyway
3: mm-hmm.
7: and mm. so you got to get outside that box you might have to open up a book have a real life conversation with the human um and just get different forms of information because it's only it's, it's you're not going to get the full picture that's right but somebody's trying to sell you something
1: so uh, thank you for mentioning that. So it's called Social Dilemma and you can find it on Netflix, right, yeah. Casey, Art and mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. knowing I man, okay. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because in, good, in a sense, mind. it's like, a, it becomes an echo chamber then, right, Art? Because you're, you're basically getting things thrown back at you that you've already, it's like confirmation bias is, I'm, I'm trying to be all, all educated right. now too. <laughs> and plus
7: People are trying to sell you stuff based off what they think you prefer. Exactly,
1: you know? exactly, wow. Well, that, that's a great piece of uh, advice to keep in mind, and uh, I'm certainly going to aim and strive to apply uh, that very line of thinking. So uh, I can't thank y'all enough for being here. Um, That's Art Harris, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, there together with his wonderful wife, Marissa Harris, who is also a licensed marriage and family therapist. And Art Harris is also a school psychologist. We've heard from the incredible licensed marriage and family therapist, Rabia Ali. We've heard from the amazing licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips Brown, author of the book called?
8: We just said no, treating ADHD without medication.
1: That's the one. Casey <laughs> Brown and the inimitable, the amazing Kyra Christian Mental Health Commission out of Northern California. Well, thanks, y'all, uh, once again. And for always, y'all have successfully uh, done your bid to represent this profession in exemplary fashion. And I can't thank you enough. See, ladies and gentlemen, I bring on people who are smarter than me. Who will have a good handle on these issues and who can get articulated length about them as you've just heard these are just mental health folks and like I said we weren't looking for a fight the fight came to us and we're at war for our mental health and as you I ain't playing y'all know I'm here every week I ain't playing we're gonna fight for our black mental health and anything that comes up against it you're gonna have to deal with me and all
3: of them